Hello, and welcome back to Mon Animism. We are in the middle of our propaganda, nationalism, and cultural appropriation arc. In this podcast, I'll discuss something that's become a personal bugbear, and it's on the subject of quantum healing or therapies of that type, which promote a type of healing of the body through changing your consciousness. And although I have seen and participated on many courses, without thinking anything more of it, recently I was talking to a pagan friend who pointed out to me how frequently she came across references to God in self-help books and how she'd often give up reading books at this point. And perhaps the same applied to other religious groups, for I know some Jehovah's Witnesses who won't attend yoga or Tai Chi classes since they reference chakras and other religious institutions. But this whole preoccupation with correct ideology, coupled with my last two podcasts where we discussed animism as propaganda, and how certain animist groups have to be acculturalised into a blend of religion as a way for their beliefs to survive, all of this just led me to think of how ancient traditions have become fashionable but also how they've become part of a capitalist agenda. And take for example quantum healing forms, of which I know several variations. Take the concept of using affirmations as a way to heal your energetic body. And these aren't new practices. We saw a whole religious sects who would pray for healing. And these religious groups were present right through the Christian period into classical history and were especially relevant in time periods where access to medicines were limited or even ineffective. So these are not new traditions. But suddenly now we find affirmation medicine is a big business, where they'll take a male medical professional with all the big letters after his name and call the whole practice research. We'll link everyone up to a CGT or a Carlian photography so we can give some sort of evidence how the energy is adjusting in the body. Let's charge each participant a thousand dollars for the privilege of attending. Well, all of this is not a crime in its own right, provided the participants end up with a positive result. However, the thing that really ticks me off is the techniques that are utilised, often taken from Qigong. Meaning that in reality all of the practices could have been achieved much more cheaply. And it means that the work really occurs within native traditions is misattributed as belonging to a modern healing practice. Words like chakra would be renamed as places where energy can become stagnant. And third eye meditation is renamed as looking with a wide focus instead of looking at physical objects and becoming aware of the spaces which hold no physical objects that lie outside the body. The technique known as the breath of fire is relabeled a spinal column drainage technique. But I suppose I can't complain too hard since I'm here adding quantum theory to animistic ideas. I just hope that I'm giving you enough information in these podcasts to deal with its imposition. But listeners, how ironic is it that a practitioner of mind medicine who claim to base their practice upon the universe being an illusion or upon humans being quantum beings 
How come all these new scientific philosophies are still being regurgitated as mind medicine? When essentially what quantum theory has taught us is that our mental experience of living is a very minimal part of who we are as humans. And may I remind you that quantum material can exist everywhere in every state simultaneously. As quantum material, we would just look like strings of materials. The mental portion of the body that these quantum healing practices are attempting to contact is the equivalent of readdressing the very tip of an iceberg. Why would a series of treatments based upon quantum theory not address the need to enter alternate states of consciousness, which a lot of shamanic practitioners do, as a way of disengaging from this reality as a method of healing? And I suspect it's because the concept of altering our reality in this manner has a really bad reputation. But it really needn't be so. Remember that in a previous podcast I mentioned that a lot of modern animists engage with a supernatural element through the use of dance and movement. And if we consider other more accessible forms of ritual movement, such as yoga or tai chi, there is a correlation between movement and breath work. And to my mind, if you are entering a meditative practice, it is possible to float away from reality and lose track of your physicality. But the two aspects of humanity that we cannot escape from is that whilst we can slow down all of our emotional selves, it's much harder to turn off breathing and to turn off mental conditions. For even if we stop our thoughts, there's always going to be electrical stimulation in the brain. And so control of the breath of the autonomous brain is an important aspect in connecting to a wider portion of ourselves, much more so than working to alter our personal habits. But my personal bugbear has grown much deeper than the appropriation of ideas. I'm quite annoyed by the concept of healing in general. Quite recently I had someone offer to give me a blessing of healing, as suggested to him by the Archangel Michael. And that is quite correctly something I had to refuse. Something quite egotistical about somebody wanting to heal you. It suggests that in some way your lifestyle is wrong. And that you're sitting in a bad place. Or that the person offering you the healing is in a better, more blessed position. Rolling back now to my first set of podcasts on causality. Just remember that the concept that, evolving, that we are evolving morally is false. And this is a method of control. Whereas causality teaches us that everything around us is a learning experience and there is no sense of right or wrong, which is a subjective convenience. All animist practitioners, especially in the Eastern traditions, have found their position as a result of entering into a severe, life-threatening healing crisis. It was only after entering into the darkness and returning are they considered able to assist other practitioners on their path. So deep distress is a component part of an animist journey. So healing would be unnecessarily and possibly unhelpful since it stops the effect of causality from unfolding. And it makes me question why as a society we feel the need for perfection or grace or protection.
And on the subject of what exactly an animus needs, advocates of causality suggest that causality invalidates the need for superstition, fortune-telling and premonition. And through the lack of premonition, causality invalidates the need to have religious texts, Bibles and codexes. There is really no need to be connecting to either the past nor the future. And like I suggested in an earlier podcast, our reality concerning the past and future is connected to our emotional physical selves. But the you that lives in each individual moment, that is the real you that lives in multiple universes. This is if you believe in the paradox of living in a mathematical universe is true, as derived from the Copenhagen theory of parallel worlds. But honestly, we can't, still can't rule out that every inch of our reality is illusory. And I thank you for listening to this podcast on modern animism. In the next podcast, we're still in the propaganda arc. I'll be looking at feminism as a follow-up to today's discussion on altering states of consciousness. I'll be writing up a small section on the discrepancy of sexual techniques to control energy that are offered to men compared to the scant information that was offered to women. That is, if I remember. And I must point out that I'm working on a web page of transcripts from this podcast, which eventually I'll start to fill up by writing some of the consciousness-altering techniques that I mentioned on this podcast today. And I thank you for listening, and I've been your podcast host, Sarah Jane.